Well, howdy, y'all. This is Morgan Patrick, and I'm here to tell you about a brand-new radio show. It's not quite brand-new. We've been at it a while. It's on the airwaves in North Carolina. It's called The Outlaw Lawyer. Let me tell you, folks, this show is going to be an absolute doozy. Now, what is The Outlaw Lawyer, you may ask? Well, it's a radio show where three of North Carolina's top attorneys, Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, and Cassandra Nicholas, will be answering legal questions from callers just like you. And let me tell you, these folks know their stuff. They've been fighting the good fight for years, and they're ready to take on whatever legal conundrums come their way. Now, I know what you're thinking. Legal talk ain't exactly my cup of tea, but let me tell you this, friend. This show is going to be something special. The hosts are going to be breaking down legal issues in a way that even folks who ain't lawyers can understand. And with me as the moderator, you know things are going to be running smoothly or at least as smooth as possible. So if you've got a legal question that's been nagging you, or if you just want to hear some top-notch attorneys talking shop, then tune in to The Outlaw Lawyer on your local radio station right here in North Carolina. Josh, Joe, Cassandra, they are ready to saddle up and take on whatever comes their way. And who knows, they might even throw in a little Waylon Jennings for good measure. We're back with The Outlaw Lawyer right after this. And now, Outlaw Lawyer. Welcome into the Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, where you can find him. Offices conveniently located Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City, which is where Cassandra Nicholas is joining us from. And folks, you heard the open, a little Wailing Jennings lead-in, uh, just a good old boy's uh, two modern-day Robin Hoods, right? That's right. And we also got to say uh, two good old boys and one good old gal because we got Cassandra on from <laughs> Moorhead City. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. You know, each and every week we hit the legal topics. We give you an opportunity uh, to chime in as well as, you know, get on the calendar with Whitaker and Hamer. If you have a legal question of your own, you can always call the firm, 800-659-1186. That's 800 800- Six five nine one one eight six, and to really get involved with the show, you can email your questions questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We'll answer those on a future program. We're going to get to some questions later uh, in this show. But Josh, welcome in. Joe, good to see you, and Cassandra, nice to have you from the beach. What's on the program today? All right. Well, we've got our normal uh, our normal legal topics that we're going to get to, but before we get there we always have some other stuff to talk about and the first thing i was going to say is you know morgan we've been having fun with your intros we've yes. been going, yeah, for the past couple of weeks we've been going to uh to chat gpt and letting artificial intelligence write your intro and so this one was uh i'd asked chat gpt i prompted chat gpt to write an intro to the outlaw lawyer in the style of waylon jennings as the balladeer of the dukes of hazard so that's uh that's where that came from i thought you did a great job with that well i mean and i gotta tell you i'm of the age where that was the friday night show back when you only had like the major cable or major network stations but dukes of hazard friday night you didn't miss it (laughs) no that was good tv that was high entertainment value Morgan, I think you have a career in radio. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I, I think when I was coming along, it was already in rerun, so I was watching it like on TBS or somewhere like that, you know. But it's good stuff. The I don't Dukes of, the Dukes of Hazard. You talking about uh, Johnny Knoxville and nah, a Stifler nah, from American Pie? Nah, That's the Dukes of Hazard, nah, right? No, nah, I've never, <laughs> I have never seen the the remakes. Are they any good? Yeah, it's all right. It's it's that same type of movie they made around that time. Like every movie yeah. around that time, like every comedy movie around that time was kind of the same. It wasn't, uh, wasn't Jessica Simpson. Yeah, Jessica Daisy Simpson Duke. was Daisy Duke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boss. Wasn't Burt Reynolds? Burt Reynolds? Am I thinking something different? No, I think you're right. I think that was Boss Hog. He was Boss Hog. Oh, uh, right? yeah, I didn't see that. You didn't, didn't see it? You uh, like Burt Reynolds. I do like Burt Reynolds. You should I go do. see it. It's pretty good. 2005. Cassandra Dukes of Hazzard. The Year of Our Lord. <laughs> Dukes of Hazzard, is that something you grew up with? <laughs> No, not really. I vaguely remember the Jessica Simpson version. <laughs> vaguely. <laughs> what were you in 2005? You were eight back then? <laughs> what year? 2005. <laughs> 14. That's not that bad. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a movie. It's just not that one. Sean William Scott. Oh, yeah. That's one of the, he one of the great actors then. of our time. Stifler. Stifler. Yeah. Uh-huh. Stifler. The, uh, well, you know... Uh, 
The Dukes of Hazard. I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not gonna watch <laughs> that movie. Yeah, don't don't ruin the series. The series was actually pretty good. Uh, but lots of legal stuff to discuss today. So one of the things I noticed last week, it seems like there was 89 stories about people getting shot at people's doors, people's Crazy. driveways. I don't know. I always wonder about that, right? You don't hear about something like that happening forever, and then all of a sudden you hear about it ha- happening like five, six times in a row. But did you see that, Joseph? I saw, yes. I saw which one are you talking about. The I one, know, of, the, one of the 89. <laughs> the, the yeah, one it's it, everywhere, man. It's bad. You don't want to get yeah. desensitized to those things, but it's ha- like... It's hard not to, because it's everywhere. So and I th- you get confused, right? Like you see one, and you're like, "Is that that one from the <laughs> other day again?" And it's a new. It's just nuts, man. Yeah, there was uh, there was a couple of them. So there was the one where the what a basketball rolled into a neighbor's yard, and he came out shooting. There was the one yeah. where the basketball yard you had pulling into the wrong driveway. Uh, you had ring doorbell. Yeah, there's yeah. been like several, man. And like you said, you wonder like, is that stuff that happens? All the frequently, time. Yeah. yeah, and you just don't hear about it, or are we in like a anomaly period of just crazy shooting events? Oh, I think if you listen to the news, it's like it's it's you know we're on the verge of all shooting each other. You know the way they it gets presented and reported, but obviously, no matter what, a disturbing trend. But I thought it was a good opportunity. I saw some local news agencies kind of did this, but we're all attorneys here. Uh, except for Morgan, no offense to him. He's basically an attorney. <laughs> yeah. He's the closest thing to, to it. That, to his other credit, than it. really. Yeah. He's honestly better than an attorney. <laughs> right. The uh, He's absorbed so much wisdom yeah. At yeah. sitting at the helm of this he's show. Like a, he's a sponge. We squeeze him. <laughs> his legal knowledge just oozes. Anywho, we felt like it'd probably be a good thing to sit and then just talk about stand your ground laws in general in North Carolina and uh, kind of apply the, the rules of, of that law to kind of these things that we're seeing happen in the media. Um, so we're going to we're going to spend some time talking about that today. There is a I always say an interesting or fascinating uh, Supreme Court case coming up before the U.S. Supreme Court this week. Uh, the United States Supreme Court is going to hear a case where in Minneapolis, I suppose on the books, they have a statute where if you get more than five years behind on taxes, they can foreclose on you, right? That can happen anywhere. You get far enough behind on your property taxes, the uh, the local county or uh, city government is going to foreclose on you and sell the property. And say they sell it for 100000 you owe 50000 in back taxes, they get their back taxes and expenses. And then the rest, in theory, would go to you here in North Carolina. But in Minneapolis, they have a law where they seize the whole asset. They seize the whole piece of property, and you don't get any money. And uh, that's made it all the way up to the Supreme Court on whether that is uh, legal or not. So that's a, that's going to be an interesting oral argument. But I thought we taxes. It's tax time, right? Just passed, I guess. Yes, our favorite time, right? One, so. of the, one of the great, you know, you get excited for like the NCAA tournament and uh, playoffs, but tax time—that's what does it for me, man. Um, I, I just love paying taxes. My civic duty. Well, you, when you're self-employed, uh, if you're a you know a business owner and you're self-employed, tax time is even worse than normal average. I love tax it, man. Time. I like to pay extra. <laughs> I like to put like you know how you tip waiters. I like to tip the government. You know, I, you don't so, do that. <laughs> let me let me ask you this: Do you guys prepare your own taxes, or do you have no, somebody? No, no man. No. Come well, on. Then, then it's no sweat. You you, you know, no, it's sweat. C- I'm sweating CPA, right now. Your CPA does it. Yeah, but it still hurts. It still hurts my body. I do it myself on one of those fun websites, and it hasn't went wrong yet. <laughs> but I know websites. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, our 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 accountant just shows up and he, with the bills. He's like, "Here, this is what you add of add a thin air, baby. Add <laughs> <laughs> a thin air. Pay pay the government your money. I saved you what this a year. That guy is. Mm. And then uh, our last segment. I think we're gonna we got some listener questions. We got some uh, questions. Chat GPT, our uh, unofficial co-host, has generated for us. So then I think we're going to tackle some listener questions. But Joe, are you tired? We had a we had a Hurricanes game last night. Oh yeah, it didn't end that late, but it was uh, it did hurt. It was a painful one. Um, the whole series. I mean, the Islanders just have. Yeah, I hate those guys, they're, man. They're putting guys on the shelf right and left. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I would. You can't say they're a dirty team, but clearly no, they're a dirty team. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you can't say it. You but can't you say it. it, but I'm saying it on record, <laughs> and it's official now. Um, Man, you know, I thought the Hurricanes played well last night, honestly. All things considered, a couple of bad breaks, fluky stuff. They're very hurt. They're very beat up. Um, 
But yeah, man, frustrating game. Frustrating game. The, you the, fell asleep. I did. I That's, did. It's your fault. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You yeah, fell, fell asleep at the game? No, no, care. I wasn't no, at the not game. at the game. No, no, no. I haven't reached that it level. It may be our fault for not going. I remember uh, I remember. I saw on the, uh, this was uh, NC State basketball a couple of years ago, uh, three or four years back when we were, that was probably pre-pandemic, but I remember somebody had snapped a picture. They were at a basketball, a state basketball game. State had been losing for a while. And there was a guy like down low in the seats and he, he had his like Volvo, like I guess he had a Volvo and he had his owner's manual. So he brought his owner's manual into the game, was sitting lower level and was like reading his owner's manual to his Volvo. You like books, man. <laughs> and and, and so I know you're a books guy, but have you checked out that Volvo owner's manual? <laughs> this is page turner. So we're saying that the Volvo owner's manual, more exciting, more vigorating yeah. than NC State basketball. Dude, a, when, a you get to, when you get like halfway through a the plot ago. twist in that thing, it blow your mind, man. But the guy who took the picture was the guy behind him, and he was like, he was like, this is how bad this state game is. He took a picture. I don't remember who it was, but it was funny. But uh, state state basketball next year, man. It's going to be something. A lot of, lot of, tra- that, that portal, man. It's crazy. I think Keats is working it about as well as anybody, and you've got to do that, right? But it is nuts. Like, it's who are these people, right? I just saw I just saw coming in a Carolina defensive back had entered the portal and committed to Penn State in January, and he's back in the portal. Wow, that's so, nuts, man! So it's double portal. I think they'll change it. I think they'll they'll make some revisions to it, but it's a nutty time for that right now. And why would you Why would you sign a player? It's great that players could, you know, have some control sure. over there, right? Everybody, yeah. you know, it's different. Yeah. We're getting used well, you to don't it. Have to, you don't have to sit out a year if you're transferring academically to another college, right? Like, isn't that one of the arguments that people make? Like, right, but isn't that a red flag? Like, if, you, if you're if you a coach and you've got someone who left a team, transferred to another yes. team, and then left the team before yeah. you even started playing? For sure, for sure. Unless but, there's something like, But hey, that's the nature of it, right? Like, that's how it is right now. you got to... I think you're leveraging. I think if you're a coach, you almost have to look at everybody as like, I, I'm getting a year out of this person, right? Like I'm getting a year. It's great if I get more, but you just got to be, you got to kind of adapt on the fly, man. That's what you got to do. Well, and you also got to think about this. Uh, and there's so many old school coaches now that are leaving the game. And, and this is part of it because you're not only recruiting players for any sport, um, to get them to your school. Now you have to basically keep recruiting them to keep them. Yeah, and, I mean, it's, true. it's 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 just a different way it's done. Cassandra, you have any uh, deep beliefs in the NCAA yeah, you transfer watching portal? That, uh, you watching the transfer <laughs> portal, Cassandra? <laughs> I'm just trying to navigate what in the world the portal is. And maybe they had a legitimate reason for switching a second time. Oh, maybe they, they were waitlisted academically for the one they wanted. No, I think these these folks are, I I don't think, I don't think most of these portal kids were worried about the academics out very closely. I think I like how Cassandra gives them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. The outlaw lawyers. We've got a lot on the program coming up. We'll talk about stand your ground and then we'll get into a Supreme court uh, case about tax forfeitures. And we've got some listener questions as well for Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer and Cassandra Nicholas. The Outlaw Lawyers will continue on the other side. If you've got a situation you're facing, you've got a legal question, you need some answers, you can always call Whitaker and Hamer, the power behind this program, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. And leave your contact information, briefly what that call is about. And an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And we'll answer those questions on a future program. We're back right after this. Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They're the managing partners there, practicing attorneys here in the great state of North Carolina. Also joining us from Whitaker and Hamer's Moorhead City office, Cassandra Nicholas. And we are talking legal topics. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. There are offices located for Whitaker and Hamer practically everywhere. Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia. And as we mentioned, Cassandra joining us from Moorhead City. Now, if you've got a legal situation you're facing, you can always call the firm 800-659-1186. We'll get you in touch with Whitaker and Hamer. Leave your contact information briefly what the call is about. And again, a, an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. That number again, 800-659-1186. And you can always email a question to the show. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We'll answer them on a future broadcast. Josh? 
All right. So we were talking about how the media exploded with accounts of folks being uh, shot, murdered, hurt, uh, you know, accidentally ending up on someone's property. Um, and, and so that got us talking about stand your ground laws. And these were real controversial. I mean, a lot of states already had them, but I remember a couple of years back, uh, the Florida one came up, you know, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Cassandra, what do you, uh, what are some of the ones you've seen? Some of the incidents that came up in the media. So the one you mentioned previously about the basketball rolling into a neighbor's yard, it was a six-year-old that was shot, um, and lived, but that one hit closer to home because it's a North Carolina case. Yeah. And then the gentleman was, gentleman was on the run. Uh, they did catch him in Florida though, thankfully. That's, that's the one I've that, been watching. He honestly doesn't sound that gentle, Cassandra, to me. Right? Personally. Yeah. The one, the, the two that got national, like really national coverage was the young African-American man who went to the wrong house to pick up his sister and he was shot through the door i can't i don't even remember what state was that new york i can't even remember what state that was now it wasn't new that's york. the thing that's the crazy thing man it starts blending together the new york one was the was the what the two cheerleaders who were out in the country and they pulled up in the wrong driveway and they didn't get out of the car missouri was ralph yarl was missouri well, that was missouri yes ralph yeah. yarl was missouri and there was another there was there was definitely four that were kind of floating around in the cheerleaders news. were texas okay yeah, there was one in rural New York where they just pulled into the driveway and the guy. That was the kids' party. That was the kids in the party, and they mm -hmm. pulled into the driveway and because uh, he shot them from yeah. his house. Yep, into the car. Yep. That's right. That's right. So yeah, and so I think everybody survived except the that last one. I think she passed. passed she was passed dead the, when yeah, they got passenger yeah. shot. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you know all these. But as far as stand your ground, like these, these are such anomalies because I. I don't see how any of these no. would fall into a state's stand your ground law. Yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, the the media brought that. And again, up. it's important. We're talking like we're talking about. We're kind of applying North Carolina's version of that yeah. to these other states, right? So, but yeah, I think by virtue and but how else? What other framework do you talk about them in? Right. Well, I think everybody. I think I, I haven't followed up, but I know I think everybody's been charged, right? All the all the folks who've done the shooting so far have been charged, and the stand your ground law comes in as like a self-defense claim right so you it's a it's a defense to a charge of assault or murder or whatever you know whatever you got charged with in your respective state um, uh, and to give listeners a little bit of groundwork i know a lot of people are really common or familiar with stand your ground as a concept but in north carolina um so it's a defense that allows use of force in defense of self or others, if reasonable. So that's that's pretty wishy-washy as far as like a defense goes. Yeah, reasonable is always going to be, you know, when you, when you get into these situations, the law, the average reasonable person, your response has to be reasonable to the threat that you're perceiving, right? It can't be an unreasonable, and all these, I think, if we go through them, are, are unreasonable uses of force. You know, the one... The one the media seems to be paying the most attention to is the young man, the young African-American male. And I guess it was Missouri. Is that what you said, Joe? Yeah, Missouri. Yeah. So he came to the door. No words were exchanged. I mean, the early, you know, we'll get more facts as we get deeper into this. But the early, the early reports are like no words were really exchanged. This young man was just ringing the doorbell. He was at the wrong house. And then the guy shot him twice through the door. Um, and if those are the facts that we that we get, you know, I'm sure this was an 87 year old man. It sounds like maybe race played a factor from the early reports. Uh, I, I'm sure he, in his mind, he was very scared, but was that reasonable? It would seem that that's not reasonable at all. Yeah, it's yes. Uh, and that's that one yes. Unreasonable. Seemed to take the longest to charge too, because they weren't sure. Well, there are degrees, know, right? Like all of these things bad, right? Like I, I I don't think any of this is reasonable, but there still are like, you know, you talk about the, the, the individual who shot the cheerleaders. I mean, that's, that's probably the most cut and dry. I'm not saying that all of these aren't cut and dry, but that's like, I mean, that was, she, uh, I think the girl got into the wrong car, realized it, got out immediately went off, tried to get away. And the guy like literally pursued them to the car, started shooting at them. So I think that's on a sliding scale of unreasonableness. I think that one goes, you know, the the most unreasonable but these others you're right man like what do you 
is that a how is it a reasonable response how can you say that you were met with a, a threat of because again we, we talked about self-defense right and we talked about the force the, the amount of force being reasonable and shooting someone like that deadly force there's a there's an even higher bar for that to be permissible or for that to be something that you can you know shoot someone and then make that defense and uh and it's 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 kind of an equivalent force right like a, an imminent threat of like death or bodily harm there and i just how do you make the argument that someone just being at your door not posing any threat ringing the doorbell how can you say it rises to that level well, I don't think you can. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I think some states have a presumption. Like, once someone's in your house, you can presume, as long as they're not law enforcement or, like, a bell bond, and as long as it's not sure. somebody who has the authority to be there. Or even you can get to trickier, murkier areas where someone's, maybe they're not in your house, but they're trying to force entry into your house. Like, there are situations, and it it's not like it's always an easy thing, right? It's not, like, always a cut-and-dry thing, Um and I don't envy some of the, you know, some of the folks that have to own these closer ones, not saying that any of these are close, but there are ones that, that are close, that are difficult to call. And, um, it, we come, we always come back to that balance, right? Like the balance of your need to protect yourself. Like there's, there's just, it's tough to land on what is truly reasonable in those close calls sometimes. The one, uh, the one in New York where uh, the the girl was shot in the car in the driveway, the that guy didn't come out of his house at all. So I mean, I don't remember. You know, I remember he called his attorney. The cops were there. Yeah, I want to say I'm not super overly familiar with that, but uh, I want to say that. And again, not that it makes it. This isn't like a sufficient defense by any means. But I think his his defense in quotes was. They were like revving the car. They were outside revving. It wasn't like they just came up, realized it was wrong and pulled out. They were out there like revving the car. They may have been honking. Again, that's not like, hey, shoot me type of activity. But I think that uh, they're kind of in a remote area, right? And I think he was, again, it sucks, man. It's terrible. It's a tragedy for these folks. No one should should expect for that to happen to them just for pulling into the wrong place. Like these kids aren't, they're obviously not... Again, we don't know 100% as a fact, but from everything we've heard, they're not there just trying to intimidate some poor old man. They, they, they think they're somewhere else for a party, and they're just cutting up, man. They're just being kids. And uh, Well, you know, you always have the cases where someone's intoxicated, and then they try to go in, like, the wrong house, you know, yep. and they get in, right? And then they get—I've I've seen that happen a, a lot just in national news. They get shot and killed, and there's no— Charges because they've gotten in the house. Yeah, they're in the know? house, yeah. yeah. And then that's—again, that's one of those where, like, you get, like— <laughs> You can get that, right? Like, you can understand that. But, you know, I think the facts change, too. You know, if I if I had told Joseph, like, I intend to kill you, and then I pull up in his driveway, mm. that, that's different, yeah. right? Yep. I've yep. announced my intentions to murder him, and now I'm at his house. Yes, for um, sure. So, it, you know, stand your ground law is... is, is you know, like Cassandra said, it's it's a it's a self defense, right? You you plead it against charges, and I think all these folks will get charged, and unless some like crazy facts come up, I just you, can't. you mentioned the you mentioned that fact pattern where you threatened to kill me, which is we can all see that, right? right. We can see you doing that, but uh, you had the kid in New Jersey, Zachary Latham. That was a uh, he's actually been tried and found not guilty, and that was that situation where that guy was a he was an influencer. I don't know if you guys saw this one, uh-huh. and, the, and the the neighbors. Uh, they had a dispute that was like this long dispute and they pulled up on him and he filmed the whole, the, the whole encounters filmed and they come out aggressively and like clearly there to like try to cause harm. And I believe he stabbed one or more of them and uh, ended up in one of them, one of them dying. He got charged with second degree manslaughter, but he got off on the self-defense charge. Uh, and they had the film though. They had the film. Yeah. They had the film of it. So don't know how I didn't hear about that one. That yeah, one I saw that one because it's. Uh, I think it popped up on the old TikTok, the the edited video of the folks pull, and it's clear Sorry. like they pull Not in that level of they yeah. pull in in a truck <laughs> and get out and like they obviously mean business and the guy they're telling them several times like don't come on my property get it like and they're they they're about like it's it's going down right like. I'm not a I'm not a I'm doing air quotes here. I'm not a tough guy by any stretch of the imagination. So, so I'm not <laughs> I don't know, man. I think you I think you underestimate how this? not tough some of the guys are out there. But if you stab me, 
I, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish the job. Yeah, I'm not gonna let you stab me. Yeah, if you get one stab in, like it's not like oh you stabbed me. Okay, <laughs> all right, you you win. I'm let me get out of here. You read about that in like London and somebody will go on like a stabbing spree and yeah. kill like seven people. And I always wonder how that happened. You know, like I think I, you. I think. Ah oh, man. I don't know, man. I'm not going to do a trial run stabbing of you so we can test this theory I guess if you stab me in the back. I think you get stabbed and it it messes with you. (laughs) I've heard that it'll mess with you. It's not fun, I would imagine. It'll throw you off a little bit. It'll knock you back. Well, I mean, I would imagine there's a fear for life. There's adrenaline, and yeah, I can I can see how you could have plenty of energy to. Oh, you like to think like if someone stabs me, I'm going to Chuck Norris roundhouse (laughs) kick this person in the face, but uh. I don't know, man. You I've never always, know. I've always assumed from birth you get one roundhouse kick. It's just yeah. in you, like yeah. when the like you like you said when the adrenaline starts pumping, it's just like that. You've got one, Bam. and I haven't used. I think you got to practice it. I think you need no. to be at your house practicing because <laughs> I think you I, you don't want to have to go bad on you. God gives you one from day one. You're born with your. one I don't want to test my roundhouse flex, like my my, my <laughs> reflex to do yeah, that. I just don't want to get stabbed. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna not try to not get stabbed when I leave. I guarantee here. you, if I try to roundhouse kick someone, like I'm going down. That's <laughs> that'll do more damage than the stabbing. Don't start laughing at me. I'm not going to kill this guy with on a very, knife. Anymore. On a very serious note, make sure you stretch before you do that roundhouse <laughs> kick. Make sure you're ready. Yeah, can for you it. stop stabbing me long enough? <laughs> I need to do some lunges. I'm about to roundhouse kick you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm going to roundhouse kick you so hard. <laughs> All right, the outlaw lawyers roundhouse kicking into the break. Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, Whitaker and. L- Hamer Law Firm, managing partners there, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Cassandra Nicholas, also an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer, joining us from the Moorhead City office. Again, if you've got a legal situation that you are facing and you've got questions, you can get your answers from Whitaker and Hamer. Call 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com, and we'll answer those on a future broadcast. Taking a short break, back right after this. Law Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They're the managing partners there, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Also joining us from the Moorhead City office, Cassandra Nicholas, an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer. Offices conveniently located around the state, Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and as we mentioned, Moorhead City, where Cassandra is joining us. If you've got a legal situation, you can always call the firm and get your questions answered. 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information. Briefly what the call is about. An attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. You can always email us your questions to the show. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We're going to question and answer coming up later on the program. We'll answer your questions on a future program. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate, and away we go. And I think we're stopping with the Supreme Court. Yeah, we're going to get there, Morgan. But first, I'm going to finish up. We were talking about roundhouse kicks uh, going into break there. I saw you stretching during the break. Yeah, yeah, I was getting ready. But, <laughs> Cassandra, you ever roundhouse kicked anybody? Not in a while. <laughs> you going to ask me? <laughs> you ask me? Yeah, when yeah. was your, your last time, Joe? I, I have roundhouse kicked several people. <laughs> uh, when I was like, I think I was like six or seven, I did the taekwondo. Oh, yeah. Got some good videos, man. Mm-hmm. That was my thing, the roundhouse kick. Um, if you want to watch them sometime. <laughs> I'll come we over. We do. Yeah, we can get together. I was very effective. Outlaw Lawyer YouTube page. I was very a effective, nice man. I, uh, I took judo growing up, so it wasn't That's a lot of... awesome, too. Yeah, it wasn't man. a lot of... That sounds way... That sounds awesome. You remember any of regular wrestling. You're not going to use your judo when you get stabbed? You're just going to straight <laughs> roundhouse kick? Well, if I get... If I get stabbed in the back, I don't know how effective the judo is. Uh, if you get stabbed from the front. If you get stabbed in the back, I don't know how effective the anything is. <laughs> just kind of I think you just getting stabbed in that case, brother. <laughs> I always forget Cassandra has a wrestling background. I always forget really? that. Really? Yeah. No way. Yeah. I think Seriously? She's ta- no way. I, yeah. Like WWE? Well, yeah. Pro let her, wrestling? Let her, wrestling. Let her tell you what her experience is. <laughs> like public school wrestling. I'm changing our, our next segment Go is ahead. this. <laughs> Are you, were you like a prolific wrestler? Far North Dakota, like, the wrestling's big up there, right? Yeah, but once it, it got to like high school level, I I dropped out. What, so was, your, what was your record? Like, what was your record? Oh wow! 
I have no Getting idea. Personal. It was good. I've you were wrestling like you, you. You're wrestling everybody, right? You're like you're wrestling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was co-ed. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, like I, I, I think an ad campaign for the Morehead City office. You know, Cassandra. And just her in a singlet. <laughs> the in grappler. My yeah. The grappler. <laughs> Let me headlock the competition. That's right. Some headgear. I'll dig that, man. All right, next up, we've got a U.S. Supreme Court case that's set for oral arguments this week. I don't think they've started yet. I think it's, it starts this week. We're always in studio on uh, on Wednesday morning, so we're about halfway through the week. I don't think they've begun, but there is a case. We've got, an, uh, an I would say, an elderly lady who was a lady, I think. She was in her late 80s, early 90s. Uh, she had a condo in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and she moved into a... Um, what do you call like a retirement assisted living? Yeah. Yeah. Like an assisted living. And when she did that, for whatever reason, we're not privy to it, but she stopped paying her taxes. Right. So I guess she owned her condo free and clear. There's no mortgage or anything. Her only lien was the annual property tax bill that no one really looks forward to getting. And she didn't pay it for five years. And turns out in Minneapolis, uh, there's a, I don't know if it's a law or an ordinance or whatever, but anyway, there's some governing law that says after five years, they, the, 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 city or whoever can foreclose on you and sell the residence at public auction and they can satisfy, they can use whatever money they need to satisfy what they're actually owed. But the twist here, that's the same thing that can happen in North Carolina. It doesn't have to be five years. Um, But the twist here is in Minneapolis, whatever equity you have in the property after the sale. So they've been made whole. They've paid all your back taxes, all the cost fees of the sale, and they still have money. That money is supposed to go to the person who owned the property in North Carolina in Minneapolis, the, the the state, county, whatever, takes it and uses it, to, gives it to the schools, gives it to whatever public use they, they deem worthy. And so uh, this lady, probably buying through her, you know, power of attorney or kids or, or whatever, uh, said, hey, you can't keep it. They owed her 25, 30 grand of, of money. And so now it's gone all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm interested to see what the Supreme Court does here. I feel that's kind of an, I, I mean, I'm never a pro tax guy. As we were talking about taxes Speak earlier. for yourself, man. <laughs> I know Joseph is. <laughs> love it. I love it. I remember growing up and not really understanding, you know, that's the that's the good thing about being a kid, right? You don't have to understand taxes. Um, but I my you know, I came from an, a family where my dad was self-employed. And so self-employment taxes, you know, I always knew about those and and I remember Every year, property taxes would go up, and it's always, you know, the way they phrase it is like, what, a a penny per $100 of tax value or whatever, and it sounds so small. And I remember my dad getting, like, real, not real mad, but, like, annoyed, right? And I was like, hey, taxes are going up again. I was like, it's only a penny per 100 you know, whatever. And And now you're you're your dad. Yeah, now I'm, like, shaking my fist in the air because taxes never go down. They don't. They never go down. They only go up. There's a TikTok I saw this week of a family playing Monopoly and a 10-year-old boy is just like bawling and his mom is asking him why. And he says, it's because of the taxes. (laughs) (laughs) The the taxes, yeah, the taxes will get you, man. Uh, You know, at the firm, we always know when real property tax bills come out. Uh, They're always in July or August, but we know when those bills come out because people call us and let us know they got a property tax bill. Um. But anyway, so, you know, in North Carolina, we're all, you know, me and Joe and Cassandra, we're all North Carolina attorneys here in North Carolina. Certainly you get behind on your property tax. That's something the county uh, can do down here is they can foreclose on you and sell the property at auction. Uh, But any excess money has to go back to you. And there's a there's a way that that happens. There's a surplus surplus funds action. um, And that happens if a You know, if uh, a lender, your mortgage lender forecloses on you and sells at auction and there's extra money, that's supposed to go back to you. Um, But we'll see what the U.S. Supreme Court thinks about this. uh, It's a seizure, right? This is a constitutional issue, a seizure issue. So we're supposed to be protected from unlawful seizures in theory. Yeah, the arguments are interesting. Apparently, there are 13 states in addition to Minnesota that allow this full seizure where they keep the excess. Uh, in this case, just to give like some more context, she owed fifteen thousand uh, in property taxes, and they ended up auctioning her condo for forty thousand. So they kept twenty five thousand extra. Um, but the county's argument—I don't know how. It'll be interesting to see the numbers. They said far from a windfall. This tax forfeiture doesn't break even. 
Yeah, I don't see that. Hey, just in legal fees? Yeah, because in North Carolina, you can get, you know, you can, I don't know about the county on a tax foreclosure, but uh, I, I don't see, I I really don't see that argument at all. I'm usually pro-individual, yeah. right? I'm usually pro uh, any constitutional right that, that we have and, and, and believe those need to be fiercely defended because once they're gone, you don't, you don't get them back. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that either. I think I read the same thing, Cassandra, and I don't, I don't get the reasoning there. I don't get that rationale. They're going to have to back that up in oral arguments with real numbers. Like how does this not break even? How can you justify just taking this 94 year old's $25,000? It's about time we had a heartwarming story, man. One about (laughs) the government getting more of our money. I feel like these, uh, the guy, the, the school children. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm less enthusiastic. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like the government officials in Minneapolis are like the old school bad guy with like a top hat and a big long yeah, twirly, twirly mustache. mustache. And they're just sitting there twirling their mustaches yep. waiting to get up before the Supreme court. Yep. The other part of their argument is really like, um, this is the wrong context, but like victim blaming against this, elderly woman saying that she refused her other option to recoup the equity. Uh, She refused to sell it, refinance it, or sign up for a 10-year tax payment plan. Like, she was already in assisted living late 80s when this happened. Like, did she refuse or not have the resources to, like, pursue those options? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I I doubt she just refused. I I doubt she just refused. Like, no, take, take my property. Mm-hmm. But it'll be it'll be a good test case because I man I, I in North Carolina I think people would would not I would hope we have a kind of a different mentality than than some of uh, the states where that is a that is legal but um, I know here we have people who will call up and they'll make a will and they really don't have anybody to leave stuff to but they just want to make sure it doesn't go to the government right <laughs> they're like mm-hmm. I, I don't want it to go to the government I don't care who it goes to as long as it's not the government you know but. Um, we got a little different mentality down here about stuff like that. But anyway, oral arguments, we'll, we'll revisit that one, especially if something interesting comes out or we get more facts or we, we figure out, we figure out something else. All right. Tax forfeitures, Supreme court. We just got through with that. The outlaw lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, along with Cassandra Nicholas, also an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer. You are listening to the outlaw lawyers. Again, want to remind you that Josh and Joe are the managing partners of the firm practicing attorneys here in North Carolina and conveniently located offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. If you have a legal situation and you've got questions and you need answers, here's a phone number for you, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information. Briefly what that call is about, an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the show. Matter of fact, we're going to get to some listener questions coming up. Uh, on the other side, just some legal questions to throw at the attorneys. And you can do that yourself by emailing us questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back right after this. Welcome back into the Outlaw Lawyers. Your hosts are Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. We're also joined by attorney Cassandra Nicholas. She's out of the Moorhead City office. And speaking of offices, you can find Whitaker and Hamer almost everywhere. Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and again, in Moorhead City. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. If you have a legal situation you're facing and you need some answers, you can always call Whitaker and Hamer. Here's the number, 800 800- Six five nine one one eight six. That's eight hundred six five nine eleven eighty six. Leave your contact information. Briefly, what the call is about. An attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch, and you can email your questions to the show. Questions at theoutlawlawyer dot com, and we'll answer those on a future program. And speaking of questions, we've compiled a number of these routine questions that come into the firm Whitaker and Hamer, and we are going to go over those questions. So, Josh, start us off. Yeah, we take these questions from a lot of different places. So we have, I don't know, I think there's 10 of us these days that we've got a, we've got, we've got a, we would, with fleet, what do you call a group of attorneys? Uh, a pack. <laughs> a horde. We can't horde. say the word for that on the radio. <laughs> I just saw one of those weird ones the other day. A like, gaggle. Yeah, flock. Yeah. 
<laughs> we have a we have a veritable plethora of attorneys who occupy different spaces in the firms deal in our firm and deal with different situations. And so we, we, you know, we have, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 consult, you know, initial consultations a, a week that, you know, uh, estate planning, family law, personal injury, you know, real property, you know, just all kinds of, of issues that our attorneys are equipped to advise and handle for folks. And so I usually take a couple of questions uh, from consults that we've had, you know, uh, Chad GPT will chip in a question or two here or there. And then we have listener questions. So we have our listeners will call in and, and shoot us emails with, you know, have you seen this article, you know, just different interesting things. And so we try to cull, you know, I used to do produce, right? You know, that's what I used to do when I was in college. Produce, produce music, Pro- <laughs> produce beats. <laughs> I like to imagine you as a, a, a producer, right. like a long chain. No, no, bobbing I, your head. I would, uh, I would unload refrigerated trucks and coal. Every morning, you had to come in and you had to coal the produce department, and throw away the okay. waste. Right? Yep. 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 You just eat it all. Right. So we <laughs> we'd coal. Uh, these questions. And so we try to get the most interesting ones and, and on different shows, we talk about different things and sometimes they, they can be repetitive. Here's one that never gets old though. Um, and, and Cassandra, I'm going to, I'm going to pose this one to you, but just, just general considerations. You know, if you're looking to do an estate plan, if you're looking to have a, a trust, you know, there's, uh, I follow all these guys on, uh, well, I'm not on TikTok anymore. So whatever the other one is, what Instagram or, but there's all these attorneys and, uh, there's one, I can't remember what his name's called. But basically, all he does every 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 reel he's got there is uh, him talking about a different kind of trust, right? There's like an unlimited amount of trust because trusts are designed to do certain things. The most common one you hear people talk about is a revocable uh, a revocable um, trust uh, for your life uh, to for estate planning, right? And so, Cassandra, what are some of the considerations that kind of go in deciding if you're a person who can use a revocable Uh, trust as part of their estate plan? So when looking at any of the trusts, you're looking at, like you were saying, there are different purposes. So you're looking at what the purpose is. So if you've got a trust that exists during your lifetime, a revocable trust, you can then um, title assets in the name of that trust. So the trust owns your assets instead of you directly. So you could put your house into the trust. Um, You could go as far as vehicles, bank accounts, things like that can go into a trust. Um, When you're considering trusts and whenever you've got a trust, you're still going to have a will as well as part of a standard estate plan. The key considerations are really thinking about who in your life you want to end up with those assets. And then kind of as a separate but overlapping consideration, who in your life you trust to actually carry out those wishes. Um, So the person you're assigning to be your trustee after you pass should be someone responsible and organized. (laughs) And that may not be the same person that you're leaving the items to. That's right. Yeah. So when you, when you create a trust, the way it works is the trust is, is a, is a document. There's a trust creation document and we usually call you the the grantor or the settler of the trust uh, for the for a revo- for a revocable uh, trust. Usually, you're going to be the trustee, at least the initial trustee, mm-hmm. uh, and you're going to be the beneficiary for for your life. And so, this trust is uh, you wear a lot of hats while yeah. you've got that type of trust in your life. Yeah, and the trust. So the trust is just an alter ego of of you. The good thing about trust, though, is they don't die. Um, so when you're doing an estate plan, you know, when you do a will, you're, you're talking about, okay, at your death, this is, this is what's going to happen. This is who, who's in charge. And you can kind of do the same thing in a trust, but the, the trust won't die. So the trust doesn't have to go in theory, doesn't have to go through probate. You don't have to deal with the clerk's office. Uh, mm-hmm. there's some tax, maybe tax incentives. You know, we're not CPAs. We can't get too far down the rabbit hole with taxes, but there's some tax advantages, but you're just you're creating an alter ego of you. And when you pass away, you're going to have a backup trustee named. You're going to have the people who get your get the trust corpus. Right. They're going to get the tr- whatever's in the trust according to your terms. Right. So if you have underage children, maybe they get, you know, a little bit at 18, a little bit at 20, a little bit at 25. Maybe once they turn 30, they get the rest of it. In the meantime, a trustee who's not them 
manages the property, makes sure they get school paid for and medical and have a place to live, you know, there's... And trusts are a really important tool when there are minor children involved, because if you don't have those assets administered through a trust and your will just leaves everything to your underage children, that can get... Um, into a pretty big wormhole administratively with the clerk because each of those children needs to have a guardian assigned through the through the courts. Um, so the trust also allows you to avoid a lot of that. Yeah, what it comes down to, whether you've got $10 million or you've got $10, right? If you don't plan ahead, we all have the capability of sitting down with an attorney and, and making an estate plan, you know, getting everything in order. And it's, it's a pain. No one wants to do it. It's not fun. Uh, and once you get it done, that's only half the battle. Cause you really need to revisit it. You know, they say every year that's, that's almost impossible for some folks, but things change. Kids get older, new kids show up, you know? Um, but if you, you can sit down right now and figure out everything that's going to happen after you die, whether you die tomorrow, whether you live to 98, you can determine exactly what's going to happen. You have 100% control until you die without an estate plan. And then you're going to have to rely on uh, the statutes, right? Then everything is going to default to, to what the, the clerk's office wants to happen, right? You know, mm-hmm. so you have, if you have underage children, since you haven't appointed anybody in your, in your trust, in your will to take care of them, they're going to have to get a guardian of the person appointed, possibly a guardian of their a state, you know, a court appointed person who's going to, who's going to do all this stuff who, who may end up being who you maybe wanted it to be, but certainly doesn't have to be. And, uh, things are gonna have to go through probate, right? That's a, that can be a messy, long process. And, and, you know, if you've got everything in this nice, neat trust and you've got the right people in place to, to take care of everything, then everything goes pretty smooth, right? Everything is, uh, is pretty automated and it's, it's again, it's something no one ever wants to do. But it needs to, it needs to go ahead. Yeah. The the goal of good estate planning is to make that as easy as possible for your loved ones after you pass as possible. Yeah. And your and again, your level of assets will determine who your trustees are. You know, if you're not sitting on $25 million, maybe your best friend from high school can be your trustee or, you know, a spouse or a trusted, you know, some other trusted friend. But once you get high enough, maybe your trustee's an attorney. Maybe your trustees, your CPA or an investment advisor, you know, you'll have to determine what you feel comfortable with. You know, the, the mm-hmm. thing people never want to do, right? You don't want to give your 18 year old, most 18 year olds, you don't want to drop $5 million on them because you, because you died and they get it when they turn 18. That's not usually a recipe for success. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. Those are, those are the type of things you think about, right? And we usually, when you meet with us, we kind of have a system and kind of ask you a bunch of these questions. So by the time you sit down with an attorney, uh, we've, we've already kind of fleshed out some of your goals, what's important to you, what's not important to you. And it's a, it's a lot easier process than it, than it used to be. Thanks to, uh, thanks to AI, thanks to artificial intelligence and things like that. All right, the Owl Lawyer is going to take a short break. Back to wrap up the program. Again, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners here at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, practicing attorneys in the state of North Carolina. Cassandra Nicholas also joining us from that Moorhead City office and offices also located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. We'll take a short break and we'll wrap it up right after this. Welcome back into the Outlaw Lawyers final segment. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm are your hosts. They're practicing attorneys here in the great state of North Carolina. Cassandra Nicholas, also an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer, joining us from the Moorhead City office. Guys, uh, short uh, short runway, so we'll wrap it up. Yeah, we had one more we had one more question we didn't get to, and uh, we'll I know we don't have a ton of time, but the the one that came up for me in a lot of different consults was trying to figure out. Okay, somebody's breached a contract, right? You have a contract with someone to, uh, I don't know, uh, hardscape your your driveway, or you got a con, you got a lease with somebody, or you got a you got a contract to buy real property, but the other party has breached it, right? So you guys have written down your expectations, everybody signed off on them, something's gone wrong, the other party has breached, and trying to figure out when it's worth litigating, right? And so I've had a, I've had a discussion with a couple of people this week. 
uh, about damages, right? And 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 what one of the things that I think people sometimes get confused on is the court only cares. In a normal contract, a normal, just very simple contract situation, the court only cares about your actual damages, right? So if the contract doesn't call for it, interest, right? Interest on any damages you've suffered, interest is not automatically something a judge is going to is going to give you uh, unless it's it's it talked about in the contract, right? Attorney's fees in, in North Carolina, the default is you pay your own attorney's fees unless there is a statute or something that, that makes the other party pay your attorney's fees. So in a normal breach situation where there's no fraud, there's no unfair and deceptive trade practices, just somebody didn't do what they agreed to do, you're going to bear your own attorney's fees. Um, uh, and, and, you, and you can't say, well... Uh, this almost was worse, but luckily, you know, you know, luckily it wasn't. And you can't, you can't, well, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say, Cassandra. You can't, um, <laughs> you can't invent damages. I could have been killed and, you know, yeah. that doesn't matter, right? No one cares. What are your actual damages? And so that, mm-hmm. that, that's something that comes up a lot. And, and, you know, there are ways under the law, if someone commits fraud, there's punitive damages, right? There's an unfair and deceptive trade practices act that allows treble damages. There's different statutes that allow attorney's fees in the contract. And in the contract, you can make the breaching party pay your attorney's fees. But in a normal situation, your damages are your damages. They're the damages you can get in front of a judge and say, hey, I had to replace my car or I had to get another guy to rip up this work and redo it. Those are your those are your damages. And so that that comes up a lot for me. So I, I thought it'd be something worth mentioning. Yes. I have a lot of folks asking about like it, emotional damages and stuff like that. That is very hard in small claims court. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's very hard in small claims. It's very hard in district court. You know, you you need to be diagnosed. You know, with with mm-hmm. something. It's it's you know, it just doesn't carry a lot of and weight. And prove the direct cause is is the other party's actions. The um. But yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's something that I think a lot of people think. And you know, litigation is is not cheap. It's it's it involves attorneys' fees most most times. Most most attorneys aren't going to take most breach of contract cases on a contingency. So you're you're coming out of pocket. So what you can actually recover is always going to be very important. Um, we're never sad, right? If you come consult with us and we decide you just don't have enough damages to justify attorneys' fees, we don't want you to throw good money after bad money, you know, we want you to, to feel like, uh, you know, if we do something for you, it's been worthwhile and successful, but well, man, I think we just ran out of time. We, I had more questions, but I don't think we're going to be able to get there. I think we need to do a, just a full show of question and answer. Uh, you guys do such a good job with it. The outlaw liars, Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, Cassandra Nicholas, joining us from that Moorhead city office. Another edition is in the books. If you've got a legal situation that you are facing and you need some answers, you can always call the firm 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. And leave your contact information briefly, what that call is about. And an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch and you can always email your questions to the show questions at the and we'll answer those on a future program another edition of the outlaw lawyers in the books we'll see you on the radio next week hosted by an attorney licensed to practice law in North Carolina. Some of the guests appearing on the show may be licensed North Carolina attorneys. Discussion of this show is meant to be general in nature and in no way should the discussion be interpreted as legal advice. Legal advice can only be rendered once an attorney licensed in the state in which you live had the opportunity to discuss the facts of your case with you. The attorneys appearing on the show are speaking in generalities about the law in North Carolina and how these laws affect the average North Carolinian. If you have any questions about the content of this show, contact us directly.